0: The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com.
1: Now let's go to the phones and welcome Caroline. Yeah. Your question is about being divorced and the kids wanting to be more with your ex.
0: Uh, they just have a, a better relationship with him and he has spent time in jail. He's a con artist by trade. He doesn't really honestly work and I have never gotten married. He's on his sixth marriage and I've absolutely dedicated my life to my kids. Obviously they're grown. I've got six grandkids, two wow. of whom I do not know. My children just have absolutely no tolerance for me and it's breaking my heart.
1: Truly, my youngest
0: daughter will not talk to me at all. I mean, and they hang on; they have no forgiveness. I can say just something that irritates them, and they won't talk to me for a year. So,
1: what do you think's going on there?
0: Yeah, I'd like to know. How I
1: mean, many children? I had enough, y- y- go ahead.
0: I had an epiphany, and I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call all three of them and say, okay, hey, tell me everything that I've ever done wrong, anything that I've ever hurt you." Uh, if I've hurt your feelings, tell me what annoys you about me, and I will just listen. I won't justify. I won't uh, rationalize. I will just listen and apologize. Just get it all out in the air, and I will do it. And I will accept it. And then maybe we can move on. Yeah. My youngest one that hasn't spoken to me said, I will not be participating. The middle one, my son, said, That's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The oldest one, For two and a half hours, she kind of told me that I just annoy her. I mean, I'm very uh, enthusiastic. That irritates her. When I get around her kids, I just get too excited about them all the time, and it's really annoying. (laughs) Yeah. She just kind of said, I, my person. She didn't really kind of right out and say, you know, you've got a stupid personality, but virtually that's kind of what she said.
1: So she just sees she was overbearing. It's like too much energy, too vivacious or too too overflow Basically,
0: yeah and that's what my friends like me yeah for. i have a kind of friends that enjoy that about me but apparently i can give you reasons that my children say i annoy them but they don't ever give me anything really substantial i obviously it's substantial with them but
1: okay I think, so let me I
0: honestly don't know
1: So you've got a huge question mark that you're dealing with and you've got partial answers from your kids. One won't even talk to you. One thinks it's very silly. One's not going to participate. That's the one not talking to you. And one gives you two hours' worth of your too rambunctious. You're too much like a vivacious, yeah,
0: you're getting it. Yeah.
1: energetic kid. It's like you're a yeah. kid, an ADHD mom rather than a, a hyperactive <laughs> mom. And some people absolutely love that. I know we have family members, and I adore being around one of them because they have that type of energy. And sometimes I would prefer not to be around that person because I'm more in a quiet mood. Sometimes they would want to be around me because I'm in a high energy mood and sometimes I'm too low energy for them. So I think we all monitor that. Kids tend to be extremely sensitive to their parents, especially the mother, because who do they differentiate themselves from? Who do they get their independence from? When we say kids, uh, we want them to become independent. From whom? From the parents. And if your ex is a con artist and in jail, and he obviously has v- bad moral character, and good for you for divorcing him, the kids might like his personality, and that is tragic because they may be roped into a relationship with somebody who tends to be a little more charismatic or something they, yeah, that appeals yeah. to them. Or maybe because
0: what appeals to them is, he just doesn't care. You care too much. He just doesn't care.
1: Okay, well then he that absolutely makes...
0: absolutely does not care, Mom.
1: So he just is indifferent to them, so they value him, they yes. reach out to him, but they can they can breathe a little more around him maybe because he doesn't value them as much so they can do whatever they want without him having a raised eyebrow. And it sounds like yeah. he could also yeah. con them. I mean, they're all at high risk yeah. of being conned. Yeah. So here's here's yes. how I would, what I'm hearing so far, Carolyn, is that...
0: Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills is interesting
1: so here's here's how i would what i'm hearing so far carolyn is that you know how they say oh it's too bad you can't pick your parents you know you're kind of stuck with them for life well it it goes two ways you can't pick your kids and sometimes we're lucky to have kids that we have good relationships with sometimes we have periods of bad relationships and then it changes over time how old are your kids
0: Thirty-seven, thirty-four, and
1: thirty. Okay, so it's unlikely to change. Yeah,
0: that's
1: exactly right. So, partly, when you cannot pick your, you can't pick your family, you can't pick your kids. You can influence your kids, and it sounds like you put in an enormous amount of work, both uh, protecting him by getting a divorce, and by caring for them. You know, I can hear myself caring too much for my son and my daughter, and my son just left, and he just left to drive to Virginia, and I said, ooh, there's going to be a snowstorm in Rhode Island, and he (laughs) said, Mom, it's not in Virginia.
0: So I think... My son has said, Mom, quit being such a mom. And my I said, son. Nick, I would love to, but you don't turn it off. It's not like a faucet. It's really it's, hard,
1: but how Nick handles it does matter, too.
0: I mean, we're trained
1: for how many years to make sure that they know, cross the streets properly and everything? There's a woman who studied relationships between mothers and daughters. I think you have two sons, right, and one daughter. And I
0: have one son and two daughters.
1: And she's written a book. Her name is Deborah Tannen, and it's between mother and. I've got th- the book. Oh, you have? Okay, because <laughs> I have the book. because then you can see the interplay between independence the kids wanting their psychological independence but they want also want that connectedness to you and you never know when the kids are in the mood to connect and when they're in the mood to say uh, I'm not interested mom so I think you need to cherish yourself I think that offer to the kids is wonderful Tell me anything, you know, I've ever done wrong. Or if you want to give me some feedback, kids, I would love that. If you ever do want to connect, I'm available. You can't force yourselves on them. You don't want to use the pity card or the guilt card. You want to reach out to them and offer yourself as a value if they ever feel like connecting, that you have an open door. But it isn't an open door that lets them in if they're going to be mean to you. So thank you so very much. Yeah, thank That's you. good. Thank yeah. you very much. And thank you for the call, and I wish you the best, and I, I wish you a lot of cheerful, vivacious moments enjoying <laughs> your, yourself and, and your friends, your good buddies, the family you can
0: choose. <laughs> I thank know you. that's true. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. And here's a little more from Dr. Kenner. You can go to those mendacities in order to take advantage of me. All you had to say is I don't love you and I don't want to see you anymore. That at least would have been respectful.
1: And that's from Back to the Future, Part 3. And Doc is about to leave, and he tells the woman he loves that he has to leave because he's from the future. And so she, rightfully in her context, assumes what? She assumes that he's spinning some yarn, he's telling some story just to try to keep peace, and she feels very used. And obviously she's very, very angry. And so that brings home a few points. Number one, she obviously does doesn't have the full context, nor would she believe it if he gave it to her, which is what's happening. But sometimes we jump to conclusions and we get really angry with a loved one when we don't just take a breath and pause and listen a little more or inquire a little more to get the full picture. The second point is, I don't think anyone, any of us, like little white lies. People tell to Uh, protect us. They think we're so fragile that if you say, do you like my hair this way? And they say, no, you know, it's not my style or something that you'll be crushed. You won't be able to look at yourself in the mirror anymore. Now, this wasn't a small little white lie. She was thinking that she had been used all along. And my gosh, the betrayal when you feel like somebody has just been using you is enormous. How do you deal with betrayal in a way that Gives you self justice that if you're the victim, and she obviously hadn't been betrayed. He loved her, but she didn't know that. But in a real case of betrayal, where someone's lied to you, maybe someone's had an affair for over a year, your your uh, loved one or a former loved one, and um, and you have to deal with that fact that they've concealed that. How do you treat yourself well and not look like you're not treat yourself like you're damaged goods or not write love off forever in your life, but really pull yourself together in a way that's so self-respecting and figure out a way to deal with the other person. And sometimes it's just saying goodbye and not seeking any vengeance because then that ties you to that person. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by Drs. Kenner and Locke. Here are some more tips for handling unreasonable resistance. Break unwritten codes by clearly naming what you see. For example, an irrational spouse might grab your favorite antique and threaten to smash it. He assumes you're too afraid to name what he's doing. In some situations, you may be able to diffuse the anger by openly describing what you observe and your reaction to it. I see you're grabbing my grandmother's face. I'm feeling intimidated and afraid. Is that what you're hoping I feel? It can be disorienting to the irrational person when you name his method of attack. Such a person is counting on you focusing on your own fear and not shifting your focus to his method of intimidation. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and buy it at amazon.com.